Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. Hello and welcome to the March edition of First Look ETF. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. It is great to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, a new ETF that's charging ahead into the aggressive net zero carbon goals set by nations across the globe. Plus, we'll tell you about a new ETF built to navigate today's fast-moving bond market with a hands-on approach. And we'll explore an ETF that aims to capitalize on fixed income alternatives, all while mitigating risks. But first, it is time for a quick recap of the latest ETF launches on the New York Stock Exchange. We've got Douglas Jonas joining us live from the NYSE. Hi, Douglas. It's great to see you. Hi, Stephanie. It's great to be back. All right, let's dive right into the latest update on ETF launch activity. How's it looking? Yeah, I mean, I guess Puxatawney Phil was forecasting a busy ETF month for February. We had 36 ETFs launched last month, $1.6 billion in net new assets entering the industry. And if you're counting like we are, that's 57 ETFs year to date with $3 billion in assets under management. Look, it hasn't been the greatest market this, this year, but it has been great for ETFs and ETF investors. We're expecting another very successful year for ETFs. Absolutely incredible. Okay, as you know, innovation and ETFs go hand in hand. What specific innovative trends are you seeing or watching for right now in the ETF marketplace? Yeah, the first trend that I have to bring up is the active trend. I mean, we've been talking about this since the show started. Actively managed ETFs, they continue to dominate the scene. 60% of all ETFs launched this year are actively managed. All three guests for this uh, this month's show, right, we're talking about active, but we're not in one place. We're across every asset, asset category. We're going to talk today about fixed income, battery metals, hybrid models across different securities. So I, the, the trend continues, and we're seeing it across the entire entire marketplace. And we love that. We're the home of active. We're the home of ETFs. And the second trend, Stephanie, is education. This show, of course, ETF Guide, we're focused on educating investors about the newest ETFs that enter. If you're not familiar and you're listening in, this show is available on our website, etfcentral.com. It is a website built for all investors. That's advisors, institutional, retail. You can go in, you can screen for various ETFs. All the data is there for free. So the trend is education. The New York Stock Exchange, we're going to continue to be focused on this. And we invite you to watch other episodes of the ETF Guide on ETFcentral.com. Yeah, great stuff overall. Thank you so much, Douglas. It's great to see you. And you are right. We have a great show ahead. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, team. 
All right, just a quick reminder that you can now watch First Look ETF on Amazon Fire TV and Roku, and be sure to check us out there. Also, we simulcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms, so don't miss it. The stage is set for massive financial commitments in the renewable energy market. According to S&P Global, annual spending on low-carbon energy projects needs to double to meet the globe's aggressive climate objectives by the year 2030. Demand for raw materials to sustain the global energy shift is also predicted to rise. Joining us to discuss all of this and a new ETF that's right in the middle of this exciting trend is Kevin Baum, Chief Investment Officer with USCF Investments. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. So before we talk about your new ETF, give us some background about important trends in the battery metals market and why investors should pay attention. Yes, Stephanie, at USCF, we think about battery metals alongside electrification metals as well. So we're talking about the charging infrastructure, the electricity grid, and also renewable energy to go along with the batteries of electric vehicles. And if we think about these, this entire energy transition, we believe it's the megatrend of the next 20 to 30 years. So let's take that piece by piece, just starting with renewable energy. If we go back to the founding of the country, wood was the primary energy source for the first hundred years. We then moved into the era of coal, where coal picked up most of the incremental demand for energy before shifting over to petroleum and natural gas. Now, we still have wood and coal being burned today, but petroleum and natural gas are the dominant primary energy sources. Stephanie, we think that renewable energy is going to be picking up most of the incremental demand going forward. So as populations grow around the world, um, economies grow, the need for electricity increases, and renewable energy, solar panels, wind turbines, et cetera, are gonna take up most of that incremental demand. And what's less well understood, Stephanie, is the quantity of critical metals and minerals that are needed for these technologies. Now, in parallel, we see electric vehicles. 10 years ago, electric vehicles were a niche curiosity. Fast forward to today, electric vehicles are roughly 10% of all vehicle sales around the world. And if we look out over the next 10, 20, 30 years, we know that EVs are gonna be the dominant uh, technology for, for vehicles. Now, everyone's more familiar with the fact that all of these vehicles need a battery, and there's a tremendous amount of metals and minerals that are needed for those batteries. So, Stephanie, we don't think that it's an overstatement to suggest that this energy transition and these, this demand for metals and minerals is the megatrend of the next 20 to 30 years. Yeah, you guys are certainly all in. Okay, let's take a deeper dive into your ETF, the USCF Sustainable Battery Metals Strategy Fund. Your ticker is ZSB. That is your latest launch. How does the fund select portfolio holdings and what are some of the fund's top positions? Yeah, sure. Well, at USCF, we think that advisors and investors, Stephanie, need to think about this from upstream to downstream when they're looking at the thematic for the energy transition. Now, by downstream, I'm talking about the manufacturers of the electric vehicles, the Teslas of the world, and the technology companies that support those industries. Now, that's a tremendous opportunity for investors, and there's a lot of good investment product that focuses on that downstream segment, Stephanie. But I think what's been less well addressed is the upstream segment of the megatrend for the energy transition, and that's where ZSB plays. So it's trying to give investors direct exposure 
to the prices of those minerals and metals that are so critical for renewable energy and the batteries that go in electric vehicles. And so we're trying to do two things, Stephanie. We're trying to offer the most comprehensive product in the space. There's only a handful of these products out today. So we're offering exposure to over a dozen of these minerals and metals that are so critically needed. And then we're trying to allocate to the metals, the largest weights in the portfolio in ZSB that are gonna be most impacted by the energy transition. And what I simply mean by that is, think about aluminum. Aluminum is used for a lot of applications, a lot of purposes around the globe. It will benefit from the energy transition. Demand will increase because of the energy transition. But metals and minerals like lithium, cobalt, graphite, and nickel are gonna see larger percentage increases in their demand because more of their demand is coming from these clean energy technologies. So those receive the larger allocations in ZSB's portfolio. So that's the whole idea with, with ZSB, to give investors and advisors access to that megatrend, to the upstream segment of the, the megatrend. That being said, you talked about investors and financial advisors. How then would you envision them using it inside a diversified portfolio? Well, I'm glad you said diversified portfolio, Stephanie. We think that's exactly how you want to think about commodities in general. We never advocate using commodities as a standalone investment, but rather as a small allocation alongside stocks and bonds in a portfolio because they're such good diversifiers. They protect you against inflation, geopolitical shocks, and oftentimes rise in value when stocks and bonds are declining. So broad basket commodity exposure as we offer through a product like SDCI is a great way to approach commodities. And ZSB, Stephanie, is not meant to replace broad basket exposure like SDCI, but rather to offer advisors and investors access to that megatrend of the energy transition. So a reasonably sized allocation to capture some of the growth over the next 10, 20, 30 years that we're gonna see from this megatrend. Interesting stuff indeed. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here on First Look ETF. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Stephanie. The sharp rise in interest rates has been a game changer for fixed income investors. The days of the Federal Reserve's ZERP or zero interest rate policy are pretty much ancient history. We'll hear to talk with us about that. Plus, a new ETF with a unique approach to the fixed income investing world is Christine Thorpe, Institutional Portfolio Manager with Fidelity. Hi, Christine. It's great to have you with us. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. So before we talk about Fidelity's latest ETF, we know that the Fed Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes have dramatically changed the bond market in a very short period of time. How is today's bond market different versus the very recent past? Sure. Well, Stephanie, I've been saying since the beginning of this year, if you don't like bonds now, when will you, right? So the interest rate environment has just changed so dramatically since the Fed started to embark on its really aggressive tightening policy, of course, in an effort just to curb inflation. So the yield on the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index has almost tripled from where we ended in 2021 versus where we are today, meaning the ag, the yield on the ag is just shy of 5%. Now, these higher yields do provide additional cushion, you know, even if we see continued price volatility, plus even more, right, they're setting fixed income up for potentially higher positive total returns, you know, if capital gains are realized when the Fed starts to normalize interest rate policy. 
Now, I'd also say it's not just the magnitude by which interest rates have gone up. It's also how much higher they are relative to recent history. You'd really have to go back to well over a decade ago to see any yields on the ag that are, are similar to what we're seeing today. The Fidelity Tactical Bond ETF, the ticker FTBD, is among your firm's latest offerings. How is this ETF different compared to other bond funds? And what else can you tell us about its management style? Sure. Well, Fidelity has been managing tactical bond strategies for close to 20 years, and the team is really excited to be able to offer tactical bond through an ETF. It's just giving you know our clients more choice in how they access the strategy. And it's really another offering within Fidelity's lineup of active diversified fixed income ETFs, which ultimately provide investors with a number of solutions spanning the fixed income risk spectrum. Now, Jeff Moore and Mike Plage are the co-managers on FTBD, and both are seasoned investors who really have managed fixed income portfolios through a number of different market environments. So the Fidelity Tactical Bond ETF leverages Jeff and Mike's extensive experience and certainly draws on all of Fidelity's you know, fundamental macro, uh, uh, quantitative, and, and other research to really allocate assets globally across the investment grade and plus sectors, which comprises things like high yield and emerging market debt. Now, what's really important here is that the investment team can decide and execute swiftly when they're making these allocation decisions. So that's really key, I would say, in today's environment, right? Just given the different inflation trajectories we're facing and you know the different uh, resulting Fed reaction and certainly impact on markets, you know, all of this can shift really quickly just depending on you know what the monthly CPI or, or unemployment prints are showing. And so through the team's repeatable five-step investment process, you know, alpha generation can come from things like asset allocation, our sector allocations, uh, security selection decisions, and then certainly yield curve positioning as well. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility. Um, how do you see advisors and investors using FTBD inside a diversified portfolio? Sure. Well, the Fidelity Tactical Bond ETF, you know, can certainly be a diversifier in a core or core plus fixed income lineup. And it's really a way to potentially add more yield to a portfolio. Now, certainly, I think investors have to be prepared or willing to accept a higher level of credit risk or, or drawdown risk. But, you know, ultimately, the ETF is an effective way to get exposure across a number of both investment grade and below investment grade sectors and really takes advantage of Fidelity's, you know, depth and breadth of investment uh, research capabilities and certainly portfolio manager expertise. You know, with the investment team's just ability to tactically invest globally uh, across all these sectors, right, the strategy is seeking diversified sources of yield and really opportunities for capital appreciation in an efficient manner. So, you know, for example, if there's a dislocation across sectors or, you know, periods of heightened market volatility, you know, that could be a chance for the portfolio management team to reallocate and, and really find better sources of return. And certainly, you know, if certain sectors are starting to underperform, let's say high yield, for example, right, again, that could be a time for the team, maybe they may go out and, and add to that sector. And I'd also say, Stephanie, you know, if the opportunities are not out there, you know, the team is going to be patient and they're just going to be ready to strike when those opportunities uh, do arise. And so ultimately, you know, this is why I say this is an active and a tactical strategy. 
the team is really focused and, and constantly on the hunt to find those best opportunities out there while, you know, really trying to just focus on generating, you know, total return relative to uh, the, the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to dig deep in this environment. Christine Thorpe, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for having me. Tapping income from alternative sources is an overlooked strategy by some investors. Now, it may sound complex, but ETFs are actually making it easier. We'll hear to discuss a new fund that targets income from option premiums is David Nicholas, CEO and Portfolio Manager with Nicholas Wealth Management. Hi, David. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Stephanie. Great to be here. So, yeah, I was doing some research on your new ETF. It sounded very interesting. Uh, The ticker is FIAX, F-I-A-X. It uses an active approach for tapping income in places that some investors may be missing. Tell us more about the fund and what makes it unique. Yeah, that's right. So FIAX, it's, it's a bond fund for investors that really want capital preservation, but they also want income. So if you look at the holdings of the fund, it's 98% of the portfolio is in U.S. Treasuries with maturities ranging on the short end, five months. I think the longest maturity we had at the time uh, we put our initial position on was about two years, but the average duration is less than one year. And I think that's important in a rising rate environment. The yield to maturity is about four and a half percent. But here's really what makes it unique, right? There's a lot of treasury uh, funds out there. It's we add this options overlay on top of the treasuries. And this is really where I think we've seen a lot of excitement around it. Generally, what we're doing is we're trying to do it. We're doing an option spread uh, strategy where the goal is to generate about a quarter percent to half a percent per month in additional options income. So let's just take the conservative quarter percent. If you do that over 12 months, it's, it's a potential 3% in additional options income on top of the 4.5% yield from the Treasury. So, you know, in a portfolio that has 98% Treasuries, you're looking at a 7% potential return on the more conservative end. We also can go up to a half a percent per month with our options spreads. So that's an additional 6% per year over 12 months on top of the Treasuries of four. So you're getting close to 10 so in that sense, it's, it's very unique that you can get a higher rate of return like you would normally get in a high-yield bond fund, but in the safety of U.S. Treasuries. And we think that's what really makes it unique. Yeah, it, it definitely is unique. You know, as you said, you're not just getting a bond fund, but you're getting that little extra special secret sauce if all things go well. Um, tell us more about the holdings inside FIAX and how often do they change? Yeah, this is an actively managed strategy. And right now, if you look at the holdings of the portfolio, about 40% of the portfolio, and we kept this tight just because we felt rates were continuing to rise. Uh, we, we ended up being right on that. So the, the first tranche of treasuries matures at the end of the April. That's about 40% of the portfolio. So if you just look at where the six-month yield is right now, the one-year yield, it's well over 5%. So let's just say that it were to expire today and yields are still around 4 or 5%, we'll roll into another 40% of the portfolio on the tighter end of the curve. So with less than one year, either six months, eight months, or one year out. So that's the core. Now, we the longest maturities that we have go out to two years. Uh, we can bring that duration out. If we feel like rates have peaked, uh, we might want to bring that duration out. We're still on the front end of that curve. So that's really the, the bond component. But then you have the options overlay component. We've really kept it inside the S&P 500 for the first few months of the fund. If you look at the positions right now, we have a call spread. We have a bull call spread in the portfolio right now, which the good news is it's in the money. So as long as the S&P stays above 40.35, we make our 0.25% for the month. So what's unique, though, is we're bullish this month 
but February we were bearish. So we had a bear call spread on, market went down, and we made 0.25% for the month, even in a month where the market is going down. So that active nature where we can be both bullish and bearish and investors can profit from both up and down moves of the market. Who is your target audience? Are you guys targeting more savvy investors? I know some people might hear the word options and they think, whoa, that's, that's just out of my wheelhouse. I mean, is this something that everyone can get behind? That's a great question. You know, our tagline for this is, this is not your grandpa's bond fund. And so there's a unique nature to this, right? If the options uh, part of the portfolio, a lot of investors just don't have experience in. I'll tell you, our target market are for those that really want capital preservation and they want income. But what we're doing is we are bringing them really an, an actively managed conservative options overlay. They don't have to be experts in options, but it's also why we limit the risk. So every month we limit how much we can lose on our options positions. For this month, it's 0.25%. So if, if the markets just continue to decline from here, investors are only out a very fractional of a percent. So I think that the confidence can come in. These are risk managed options positions with the goal of being able to generate additional income because capital preservation is still the key. But it's really, we've seen a lot of activity with advisors using this for a treasury option for their clients. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, capital preservation, as you said. Quickly, uh, before we let you go, how do you see advisors and investors using FIAX inside of a diversified portfolio? Yeah, and I'll tell you just a personal story. We had clients that were calling us asking for treasuries. And as an, as an investment advisory firm, we, we charge a management for our for assets under management. Well, when treasuries are yielding four, if you're charging a 1% management fee, you're really eating away at the total return for clients. So this fund was kind of birthed from that. And I would say it's for other financial advisors. If you want to provide treasuries to your clients, but you're, 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 you're concerned that your management fee is going to eat in to the total return of the funds, the options overlay in a way can really it's a win-win for both clients they get additional income but you can also find a way to justify and provide value with your management fees because you can still provide a treasury option but not eat into the total return for investors so we think it really fits this perfect market for advisors that are looking to provide treasuries to clients but also just individual and, and retiree or retail investors that really want the safety of treasuries but they want to get a higher return just given where inflation is in the current marketplace yeah, it's an interesting concept indeed. David Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us and sharing more about your ETF. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, Stephanie. Thank you. And that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comment section below and by hitting the like button. A big thanks to all of our guests, along with Douglas Jonas from the New York Stock Exchange. Be sure to check out homeofetfs.com to learn more. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a 
recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.